Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio, the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Hey, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We're taking the week off because we're gluttons and we're going to eat so much that we're sick. Be incoherent. We're so full anyway. But there's so much to discuss. You got senators wanting to fight witnesses. You got Congress people fighting each other. Israel fighting for its survival and fat communists visiting California. So much. By the way, if you want to hear more, you can catch our podcast, Armstrong and Getty, on demand. That's the uh, screeching young woman who began to lead the chant from Palestine to Mexico, all walls have to go. Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, so she interrupted the Secretary of State yesterday as he was laying out uh, the current state of things in the Middle East. And one of the things that, that I hate about when protesters do that, do that is they're successful. They were successful with us and most media organizations. They get so much of the attention, and he was interrupted by, and then you lose the thread of what was actually said. He said some really interesting things yesterday, controversial to some, that we'll get to coming up about the war in the Middle East and our role in it and everything like that. But mo- people like conflict so much, I guess, or whatever. You you know, you get excited <laughs> about the protest. Of course, the fact that she sounded like an unhinged lunatic was appealing. I think you make an excellent point, though. You have whatever you think of him, Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State of the United States of America, making statements on warfare, terrorism in the, in the world, which is more or less a flame. And, and I can picture the newsrooms of America preparing that report then saying, wait, stop, hold the presses. A moron is yelling. A moron is yelling. Right. And just putting aside the previous thing. Yeah. Give me tape of the yelling moron. These are strange times. 
So uh, that gal was was yelling uh, all sorts of stuff and chanting and leading her cohort of numbskulls in their self-righteous bellowings. Um, but the reason I brought up the chant from Palestine to Mexico, all walls have got to go. If you're a, uh, a thinking homo sapien, you're thinking, what the hell? Palestine and Mexico? All walls have to go? How about the ones holding up your roof, sweetheart? Anyway, uh, how in the world are those things connected? Well, it all relates back to modern neo-Marxism and the settler colonial narrative is a huge part of that. And as I've explained before, and we'll get into some of the details, it's an effort to cast everything as a victim and an oppressor and then get all of the victims to coalesce, to overthrow all of the oppressors and and bring usher in the grand glorious future in which the revolution will come or something. But the point is, you've got to overthrow the oppressor and the downtrodden will unite and bring a utopia, I guess. Okay, I'm going to try to listen as open-mindedly as possible possible because it oh i wouldn't because on the on the face of it it just seems so ridiculous to me as we've talked about many times okay when at what point in time on a particular square foot of land are you going to decide that's the rightful owner pick a spot pick a spot in france that has belonged to 50 well god if you're going to go all the way back in time it might be hundreds of different Groups, tribes, religions, races, whatever. Which one of them is the rightful owner of that? Right. That is uh, one, uh, you know, a bit of uh, inconsistency or non nonsense that's at the root of this that leaped in my mind, my mind years and years and years ago when uh, Mexican activists, Mexican-American activists were chanting, uh, we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us. Well, the borders moved like 150 times, depending on which border and which country or province or state or precinct or or whatever. And you're the descendants of Spanish people and you treat the indigenous people like crap. So not quite sure what you're going on about. And that's, you know, like many cultish beliefs, that's the story. If you scratch beneath the surface, you'll realize there's just no logical underpinning. There's no moral underpinning, which is why you are absolutely not allowed to scratch beneath the surface. That's strict verboten when you're talking about the woke ideology. I've got a couple of pieces in front of me. Both are brilliant. Both are fairly lengthy. I'm going to sprinkle a little of this, little of that in. Uh, Neil Ferguson, who's a brilliant historian, um, we've talked to him a handful of times on the show. We've actually been in the same room with him. I was afraid to even open my mouth. My mouth, I, I thought, uh, better to, to be remain silent and be thought a fool. So I went with that plan. Um But he wrote a piece uh, in the Daily Mail recently. He goes through the protests and the bellowings on campus and the signs being flown and the denial of the horror of what is clearly a terrorist attack and gives a bunch of examples, then a bunch of examples of the backlash at UPenn, at Harvard, uh, at at, um, uh, at, uh, the Citadel, all sorts of different places. Let let me interject that. um, Interject away. This is not the normal nonsense of the last decade or so i feel like we are we are actually at a point of these these arguments need to be rebutted because aggressively made, 
aggressively because major policy decisions are going to happen or not happen depending on who wins these arguments i would guess and and feel free to correct me if you're close to academia we would absolutely love to hear you uh, hear from you on this topic whether you want to text or email at a mailbag at armstrong and i was about to say i feel like we have about 10 years worth of college graduates who have been absolutely marinated in some of these beliefs um, and and that's going to be a real challenge for us as a society because the beliefs are ugly and horrifying. Uh, but anyway, we'll get into that. So uh, Neil Ferguson mentions at Stanford, the university where I work, there have been several pro-Palestinian demonstrations in recent weeks, including one organized by Stanford Students for Justice in Palestine. You got Palestine, you got uh anti-Israel graffiti. Most shocking episode occurred in a classroom just days after the attack when, according to student testimony in the San Francisco Chironicle, a lecturer blamed the conflict on Zionists, said Hamas's actions were resistant, resistance, and asked Jewish students to raise their hands and then separated them from their belongings, saying he was simulating what Jews were doing to Palestinians. The lecturer, Amir Hassan Loggins, then asked how many Jews had died in the Holocaust. When students answered with six million, Loggins retorted, yes, only six million. And he argued that the number of victims of colonialism was larger. Okay. So I hadn't heard that one. I hadn't heard that one, that angle before. Well, and, and so what if it was? How about right, the right. Armenian genocide? How about the Hutus and the Tutsis? How about, uh, you know, you want to go back to the Montezuma? Or so, uh, the, the Spanish conquistadors. What are you talking As if there can be only one horror? What are you even talking about? So, having heard someone with a much higher IQ than mine the other day spouting this sort of stuff, uh, because they buy it. The, the, so, is the whole... They were basically laying all the troubles of the world at the feet of... The United States, Britain, France, all the countries. White that people around. and Jews. Yeah, there you go. White people and Jews, conveniently. Um, uh, and you, know, you can you can point to all these different problems, practically everything on planet Earth because of that. And and if you go with that narrative, you get to excuse all levels of pushback. I guess if yeah, it literally anything. Yeah, including beheading babies and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, rape, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, if um, and that is, uh, you know, it's an idiotic philosophy in that is it is so grossly oversimplified. Um, I mean, it's it's unspeakably dumb. But human beings, like us or not, and I don't, long for nothing more than a completely simplistic worldview that allows us to be angry at the other people. We crave it. And our young people are being taught a an insidious version of this, uh, you know, that uh, a fulfillment of that desire. Anyway, so back to Neil's uh, purse, just for a uh, piece for just a little bit. So this professor proceeded to ask every student to uh, he asked every student to say where their ancestors were from, labeling each a colonizer or colonized, depending on their answer. When one said they were from Israel, the lecturer responded, oh, definitely a colonizer. If that strikes you as outrageous, you've clearly missed the fact that such thing is rife throughout the Anglosphere Academy, the English-speaking uh, universities. Wokeism covers a multiple, multitude of sins, he writes. The academic left is much more complex a coalition nowadays than it was in the 1930s when Cambridge, Cambridge 
had its covert cadre of card-carrying communists, or the 80s when Oxford snubbed Margaret Thatcher. Although Marxist socialism is still part of the package, class warfare and anti-imperialism coexist at times uneasily with a variety of other ideologies based on alternate forms of identity, such as race, critical race theory or anti-racism, gender, the ever-growing abbreviation LGBTQ plus IA minus whatever, now stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual, goes on. Woke originated as African-American slang, but is now defined in dictionaries as aware of and actively attentive to important facts and issues, especially racial and social justice. Like all cults and sects, they have their own idiosyncratic language and rituals. These include stating one's preferred pronouns at every opportunity. That is a ritual of the woke left. Don't do it, friends. And also, you, whenever you possible... Said that? You said that or Neil wrote that? Uh, what, the don't do it, friends? Yeah. I, that, I said that. Those were your words, okay. Well, he said it's a, it's a ritual of their particular cult. So I have a feeling he would agree with me. Then he mentions always announcing that uh, one is meeting on land expropriated from indigenous people. But then in marked contrast to conventional scientific understanding, race is an essential, unalterable attribute. You're either BIPOC or you're incurably white. But gender is almost infinitely fluid. Go figure. In each case, there is a hierarchy determined mainly by the extent to which your assigned minority were victimized and marginalized by the white cisgender colonizers. And the intersectionality thing produces some very strange bell bedfellows. Free Palestine is a feminist issue, according to a meme I saw last week. It's a reproductive right. rights issue. It's an indigenous rights issue. It's a climate justice issue. It's a queer rights issue. It's an abolitionist issue. Quite how queer rights activists would fare if they traveled to Gaza to join in the fight for freedom is unclear, given Hamas's implacable commitment to Sharia law. So, the long and short of this is they've always got to cast somebody as the victim, no matter how nonsensical it is, if a piece of land has changed hands 27 times in the last 115 years. It's the 26th time that was the legitimate time if the people who currently hold it are white or jews it's evil if the people who currently hold it who stole it from the 26 people who were white or jew or black or brown or whatever if those people are bipoc then it's perfectly fine so it's a it's a black and white filter to see the world and and the folks who are on the one side of the filter are never ever ever right no matter if they give like 90% of the financial aid to a particular area. And the people on the other side of the filter are never, ever, ever wrong. Even if they rape little girls and behead children and, and pluck the eyes out of people in front of their children, all of which happened, it's substantiated. They can never be wrong. That is a cult. It's ugly. And you've got to speak out against it. <laughs> Quick question for you. What if you happen to miss this unbelievable radio program? The answer is easy, friends. Just download our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's the podcast version of the broadcast show, available anytime, any day, every single podcast platform known to man. Download it now, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We're taking a little time off to enjoy family, friends, and overeating. Hope you're having a great week, too. Holy cow, there's so much to talk about. Oh, yeah, we have a lot of great segments for you this weekend. They're they're leftovers. You like leftovers, right? So we got segments here that we've heated up and put gravy on top of, and maybe... Eh, i taking that metaphor too far. Uh, Judy was walking through the uh, with Sam's Club, whatever it was, and on the TVs, for some reason, they're playing Barney. And and she was flooded with memories of when our kids were little and loved watching Barney and stuff like that. Um, what's old is new. Of course, dinosaurs have been around for hundreds of millions of years, so it's appropriate Barney would still be on the TV at the local uh, supermarket. You're Sam's Club's people? Not Costco uh, people? Or do you do both? Uh, we're both. You're both Costco and Sam's Club. I've never been oh, in a yeah. Sam's Club. I'd rather see my sister in a whorehouse and sit wow. in a Sam's Club. Oh, oh wait a minute. They actually, have attorneys. Actually, I've... I've <laughs> I, I've only never been to one because I don't have one near me. I don't know. Are they better? Which is better? For the longest time, there was no Costco practically near to us compared to the Sam's Club, so we just got in the habit. Yeah, uh, that's how I'm a Costco <laughs> person. Same situation yeah. in reverse. I think Costco's are generally bigger, but I don't know, honestly. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not allowed to go there alone anymore <laughs> because I'll buy something stupid. Who's got a better, um. <laughs> who's got a better hot dog? I, I, again, I would not know. Um, You're of no there, help on this well, topic. Well, I, I don't claim to be of any help. Um, I would point out that nobody walks around talking about Sam's Club hot dogs. True. In the same way they do about the Costco. You're a one percenter. I wonder what percentage of uh, Americans <laughs> have both a Sam's Club and Costco membership. Seems awfully... I do. Really? You have both? Yeah. Attaboy. Wow. High five, Michael. Brothers. Right. Yes. It seems like so Harry and Megan to me to have both memberships. I mean, wow. Listen to you casting aspersions. So which is better, Michael? I like Costco better. Yeah. In it's fancier. It's, it's, it's fancier. It's okay. like Target versus Walmart. You know, really? Little, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I know. I know what you're talking about in terms of that vibe. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Costco's bigger generally. So, but how? You about, a, but you notice a price difference? Is that one any advantage there? I think they're about the same. I don't really know. How about a, the bulk? Am I going to get more mayonnaise for my price? Because I want a bigger <laughs> container of mayonnaise. No, they have a lot of the same merchandise. Actually, God, I just like I don't have a. I'm in a rental, so eventually when I buy a house someday, then I'll buy that extra freezer you put in the fridge in the in the garage, I guess. But I don't have that now. There's like almost nothing I can buy at Costco that I can fit in my tiny little freezer I've got at the bottom of my refrigerator. Right. Sad. Sure, I can get 6,000 popsicles for $2, but I haven't got any place to put 6,000 popsicles, so it's not that much help to me. It is sad. I'm I'm one of your sad divorcees all across America. We we get together. We have meetings once a week. It's called the bar. Play Connect 2. Play (laughs) Connect 2. Exactly. (laughs) Armstrong and get This is the day that we say you're about to open a pit of hell. The Bobcat Tech Award. Huh? A Bobcat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, guys. Obviously, this does not appear to be a nominal situation. Well, Lottie freaking God. Okay. Come on. That was quite entertaining. That was really cool. It, it, it makes no sense. This country is going to be in big trouble. I'm going to call my lawyer. Gun. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. Celebrating 25 years of radio excellence. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Know this, but after we finish our radio show every day, the Armstrong and Getty Show, we keep on going. Yeah, we call it Armstrong and Getty. One more thing, it's a podcast that you should subscribe to right now. You can find it on the iHeart app or wherever you download podcasts. Do you see this person next to me? He is my friend. See, has had to put up with a lot to get to where Purr is today. I just want to let Glint know that Thon is valid, that her pronouns are valid, and that their identity is valid. I wish Void all the best and look forward to maybe even seeing some of their lovely content someday. Please treat them with respect and I'm sure A will respect you too. So how did that feel? I don't know what that like was. Like I'm listening to a crazy person. What was that it? was, it helped the captions okay. to see the captions. That's a, a, a chick, arguably, um, going through like 27 different pronouns that somebody could choose and then everybody who runs into them needs to memorize that. Zer, fur, nur, dim, ziff, grim. Ziff. Look, it's 
Look, it's Ziff's handiwork. They did it Ziff self. Just idiotic. Just crazy. So how did that feel? <laughs> that is full on crazy. Like I'd run into somebody with a head full of acid. That's what it felt like. So from the Department of Gender Bending Madness, this sort of video is uh, becoming very, very popular in elementary schools. This happens to be from the Canadian Broadcasting Company, which has lost its flipping mind. I ran into a conservative Canadian the other day. He was describing to me how much he and people who think like him, it was actually a couple, they both agreed on this, but... Conservative Canadians despise Justin Trudeau in a way that's, that you never hear about. They can't stand the flouncy, pretentious, progressive little weasel. Oh, they date him. Flouncy weasels. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm not seeing the flouncy weasels. I don't care if there's no cover charge. I'm just not seeing them. <laughs> Anyway, Michael, roll 71. This is the first part of a, a couple. The way your body looks for school on the kids. is only part of the story. Huh? What? <sighs> Stay with me, gang. This is important. Hi, little one. Your sex refers to your physical body parts, remember? But there is also something called gender, which is how you feel inside your body and who you know yourself to be. And your gender, how you feel on the inside, doesn't always match the sex you were called when you were born. Okay. How did this become the number one issue in America? I just... And uh. Canada. Yeah. Yeah, in the Western world, this is the most important thing. I know the kids can't read. I know they can't add three plus two, but it's important they learn about the genderbred person. It's un believable the extent to which this radical neo-marxist philosophy has gotten into our schools uh, there's more I, I just wanted to break it down for you though i really enjoy how the kid who's objecting or, or like isn't quite sure he gets it is portrayed as a little slow and the super smart girl ah, try to stick with me here that is such a message to kids. They know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> right. I want to be like this smart, exasperated girl, not a, not the uh, you know the dipstick who thinks boys are boys and girls. Sure, are girls. that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty well um, uh, understood. Insidiously yeah, I, done. Yeah, yeah, I would have. I would have missed that. That's very clever from a. You advocate this sort of thing standpoint. That's very clever. You had to set it up as a. Oh, Boy, aren't you kind of a backward rube? Okay, here, let me let me say it slow so you can understand. Yeah, it's very skillful propaganda. It's very good at indoctrinating children. Uh, next clip, Michael. Let's say you were born with a penis and you feel like a boy inside. In that case, your sex and your gender match. Well, what if you were born with a penis and you know you're a girl inside, not a boy? Then your sex and your gender don't match. Wait, what does know you're a girl inside mean anyway? Does that mean you have to love pink things and princesses? Nope. Sometimes people refer to things as girl things and boy things, but this is just how people sometimes classify things, usually to make it easier to sell stuff to kids and their parents. There you go. The only reason to ever talk about boys and girls and is really to sell stuff to you. But you can just decide, and you should decide. As we've talked about before, this isn't working, by the way, just from my own personal experience many kids that I know are like, <laughs> they find this transparently crap. Yeah, good like, for them. Whatever. 
unfortunately, it, uh, thousands, who knows, tens of thousands of confused adolescent girls who are terrified by puberty are falling for this garbage because it's taught to them over and over again by people in authority. Last clip, Michael. Sid, has anyone ever told you that you shouldn't play with something or wear something because you're a boy? Well, yes. The body parts you were born with don't always dictate who you are, how you feel, or what you like to play with. Ah, that's such a relief. Gender, how you feel and who you know yourself to be, tells you who you are. And there are a whole bunch of possibilities. Figuring out what feels right for you is just part of growing up. God, this, is, this is giving me such a headache. I know it. It's pitched at eight, nine, ten-year-olds. <sighs> and there are a whole lot of different possibilities. And, and telling the boy, if you've ever felt like playing with a doll, you're transgender. You're not one of the many, many acceptable ways of being a boy or gay or whatever. No, you're transgender. You're a girl inside. Your gender is girl. And any girl who wants to pick up a softball bat, that's not because you can be any kind of woman you want to be. No, that's because your gender is male. It's incredibly, it's hateful. It's strange. So you're focused on the, they're trying to push this particular thing in schools, which is highly troubling. I guess I'm focused on, because we did another story last segment, if you didn't hear it, California. The governor signed the, the signing new laws where you're not going to be able to kick anybody out of school, no matter how bad they act. They just what do they call it? Oppositional defiance syndrome or something like that. Right. You, you you can just flat out tell a teacher, no, I'm not going to stop talking, or no, I'm not going to sit down, or no, I'm not going to. And you, you or can't f be off or whatever. Play your radio in class. So I guess because I have kids in school, it's just all this stuff is making me insane. And that uh, focus on the reading, writing, and arithmetic, please, for the love of God. Oh. Well, the kids can't read and they can't do math, but they're emphasizing this stuff. Worth mentioning, in case you've been bullied into using your pronouns or thinking this is the enlightened way to think, uh, this came across a great piece. Who wrote this? It does, it's not on screen for some reason. Uh, wrote, advocates for gay rights say gays and lesbians deserve respect because their desires are biologically baked into the cake. However, transsexualism declares that a person's sexual desires are governed by each person's fixed or changeable gender, gender identity. This argument is actually one in Australia where lesbians are now unable to exclude men from their social events if the men declare themselves to be transgender women. I saw this bike race in Chicago where two of the top three spots were dudes claiming to be transgender woman, women. And the one dude was just, he was just a dude. <laughs> he didn't even throw on any lipstick. He just showed up and said, yeah, I'm a woman, which I kind of appreciate. But then they go on, the queer ideology demands, or queer theory, I'm sorry, queer ideology, also known as queer theory, endorses transsexualism, but is far more radical than the transsexual's biology-denying claim of shifting sexual identity. The queer ideology demands that government remove any legal and civic barriers, including words, that hinder almost any expression of individual and sexual autonomy. So the queer ideology wants to blur the definitions for men and women, gays and lesbians, children or adults, citizens, foreigners, uh, marriages and hookups. It denigrates logic, history, civic standards, argument, debate, compromise, and merit as it insists that each person has their own truth, which is at the core of a lot of critical theory. There's no such thing as the truth. Oh, boy. 
You know, it's a lot of gay activists who are leading the charge against some of this stuff, like this lesbian activist uh, said, all of our rights and freedoms depend on having clear meanings for terms. They depend on having clear understandings of common ideas. And queer theory is the idea that having clear understandings of anything is categorically oppressive, she added. She was probably tired of dudes uh, attending the meetings. I guess this is what it's like to be old. I keep waking up every day thinking this stuff will have gone away. <laughs> Well, and the fringiest. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, I think it will go away because it's utterly divorced from reality. Like you said, kids see the stuff. A lot of kids see the stuff. The more independent thinking kids and reject it out of hand because they can see it's dumb on its face. But a lot of kids are impressionable and they really want to be good students and do what the authorities are telling them to do. Just crazy. And this stuff was on the fringes of the fringes 10 years ago. Except in the teachers' colleges where it was warmly embraced. I remember a teacher telling me, it was quite a number of years ago, California, of course, that they had to take this new training. And the, the teacher I was talking to is fairly neutral on the question, but saw the good sense of it. They had to take sensitivity training, and it was straight out of critical race theory, I realize now, um, because you can't teach a lesson talking about a mountain or snow. Because somebody might be from somewhere where they don't have snow. And so they would be so confused and devastated by what is this snow stuff? They couldn't possibly learn volume or addition or whatever. And I remember hearing that at the time and thinking, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I mean, if a kid like came from some untouched Amazon tribe, maybe I could believe that. Uncontacted by civilization, but... Who doesn't know what snow is? I grew up in the middle of nowhere and had never seen the ocean until I was quite old. Uh, I wasn't, like, just flabbergasted anytime anybody brought it. The what now? Wait a second. So, Slow down. Anytime anybody referenced it, you would just break down crying because you couldn't understand. <laughs> the hell? What is meant? Do you people have any ability to observe the world around you? And, and compare your super smart professor and his theories to what you observe. Oh, well, I give up. <laughs> the, the ocean. You keep talking about the explorers in the ocean, but I've never seen the ocean. <laughs> I have no idea what you're possibly talking about. <laughs> I was a city kid. Bale of hay. What's a bale? What's a hay? Mommy. <laughs> I just broke down completely. Oh, yeah. Anything with cities. I can said I'd never seen a bus or a subway pants. or a yeah, tall building terrible. or any of those things ever. Why do you hate me? <laughs> oh, God. Idiots. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. This is the day that we say you're about to open a pit of hell. The Bob can't take no one. A Bob can't. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, guys. Obviously, this does not appear to be a nominal situation. Well, Lottie Okay. Come on. That was quite entertaining. That was really cool. It, it, it makes no sense. This country is going to be in big trouble. I'm going to call my lawyer. Gun. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. 
comedian, writer and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It was always something going on in that house. A lot of partying. They had an illegal strip club on the weekends. They would get uh, live horses. One day they had live horses. All these uh, individuals were charged uh, with various uh, felony crimes. Okay, I have no idea what this is, but all I know is that some place next door had... (laughs) Strippers and live horses? What What's happening yes. here? A troubling combination, Jack. Fulton County, Georgia, that's uh, Metro Atlanta, uh, a bunch of folks are telling the local news uh, uh, a SWAT team had to go in and arrest four people who were squatting in a house, partying like it's 1999, including regularly having an off-the-books, are there books, strip club on the weekends. <laughs> what's an off-the-books strip club? I just, they had people, women presumably, come in and strip naked for tips and that sort of thing. Is that against the law? Uh, Yeah, of course it is. What do you want? Chaos? Anarchy? Well, they're squatting in the house, too. Well, I get that, but... And don't get me started on squatters. We'll get back there in a minute. But uh, uh, folks say they've lost plenty of sleep over the last four months because of the nightmare neighbors, piles of trash at the home, people raced in the streets, the air often reeked of marijuana. So what? So what's in California? Mary Jane. Uh, There was sporadic gunfire and even spotted horses outside the home. They would, here's a quote, they would get live horses. One day they had live horses. (laughs) To do what? 
Horse fights? Is the fact that it's spotted really relevant to the story? I don't know. Maybe they just want to substantiate they witnessed it. That reminds me, one of our beloved listeners uh, was passing a junkie camp in uh, Concord, California. And uh, and one of the, the lean-tos had a horse outside it. Hmm. I don't know if that was for riding or eating or what, but if I break into your house, I'm a burglar. If I break in while you're there, I'm guilty of burgling an occupied dwelling, which is a very serious crime, except in blue districts where they have decriminalized crime. If I break into your house and start sleeping there, I'm a squatter and you can't do anything about it. I hate that. I despise it. The fact that they can't differentiate between we're having a rent dispute. You know, I haven't paid my rent because you haven't fixed the ceiling or whatever. You can't differentiate between that person and some scumbag who broke into my house, is having strip clubs on the weekend, squeezing off shots, and apparently has a spotted horse. <laughs> I mean, come on. So but that's that is an entirely modern development. So what 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 do gooderism drove the current squatter laws renters rights people too many people were getting kicked out of their rental too easily the rent is too damn was that, was that a thing back in the day yeah your lefty activists who got like rent controls passed and that sort of thing are hardcore about uh I mean, you've got to be in court for months to get yeah. somebody thrown out, even if they've never paid you rent once well, this is, and have trashed the place. It has been a big deal for at least 30 years when that Michael Keaton movie was made about Pacific Heights in San Francisco, that horrifying movie, where they couldn't get him out of there, and he was just destroying the place. There was just no way they could boot him out of there. Well, there's a reason that movie was set in San Francisco and not Amarillo. <laughs> right! <laughs> Both attitudes and uh, policies tend to be a little different. Yeah, get out of my house or I'm going to hit you in the head with this wrench. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, this popped into my head. Making my kid watch uh, uh, educational videos. He wanted to watch TV. I said, okay, if it's something educational. Because uh, he'd watched enough TV that was crap. Anyway, he, not a crazy thought, thought stuff on the History Channel would be educational. It's right there in the name. You would assume that. But almost all of the stuff on the History Channel is crap. Really? What? Oh, like what? And they, they 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 did the same thing as the. Uh, remember the Learning Channel decided years no. ago that dwarf hoarders. <laughs> yes, my five hundred pound dwarf life or whatever got a lot more. Well, <laughs> views. that's a big little person. You're right. Uh, that got a lot more views than anything it was actually learning. But on the History Channel, it's just nonstop alien abductions and, and uh, lots of that. Lots of alien abductions. Lots of uh, 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 proof they came from outer space. Just all kinds of stuff like that. It's wow. almost it's almost almost all conspiracy shows. Wow. So it's it's like low rent mystery crap for shut ins. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I was hoping for, yeah. you know, a little more World War II documentary or something about Lincoln or whatever. Um, but no, 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 no. Only, But one of them was, and I almost clicked on this, but I was trying to make my point to him, <laughs> was uh, um, <laughs> 10 things that prove time machines exist. And I didn't actually wow. watch it, but I'd kind of like to know what it was. <laughs> they got you. <laughs> they did. I got to admit, I'm 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 intrigued. Just give me a couple of them. 
I, it was one of your super smart people. Um, who's the guy in the wheelchair? Uh, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Might have been him, but uh, it was one of your really smart people who said his number one proof that time machines don't exist is that nobody has visited us from the future yet. Unless you believe we're on the front end of time. And you can only go backwards, but that seems kind of ridiculous. Um, mm, yeah, all these discussions always blow my mind. But yeah, nobody's visited us, so if time machines did exist, you'd think that somebody would have come and visited at some point. Or maybe the rules and regs of time machine use say, hey, don't don't mention you're from the future, all right? That'd freak people out. Before you get in the elevator, the like the elevator guy tells you before you get in the time machine, hey, <laughs> one, one rule, don't mention you're from the future. Okay. <laughs> Unless you want to see people poo themselves, I mean, it'll be it'll be ugly. Okay, I'll cooperate. I don't know. I'm strong and gifted. The reality is, is, this is fabulous. I thank you. That's enough of that. This is all crazy. This is the way it is. Yep. But damn it, we weren't allowed to ask about the big guy. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. Let's not play games with this. This is the Armstrong and Getty Show. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.